With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Into the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Wednesday evening, November 1st. We're, we're already into November. Uh, calendar flying by, but... As always, I'm I'm the host of uh, the BT Powerhouse podcast, Thomas Bendit. We are continuing on in our season preview series here. We're we're getting close to the end. We've wrapped up a, a large section of the Big Ten so far, and we're continuing on tonight. And tonight we're going to be looking at the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and we have Patrick on from Corn Nation to join us and, and chat about the Huskers. Patrick, how's it going tonight? Good, good. How are you? Good. Happy to have you on. Um, always fun to to chat Big Ten hoops, and uh, you know we're getting close here, so should be fun. Um, Patrick, why don't I think this might be the first time we've had you on? Yeah, this is the first time. Yep, I've been a blogger with Coronation for I think going on three years now, but uh, yeah, first time on this one. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I know we've had a couple people on from Coronation, but first time, uh, pleasure of having you on here. Um, well, Patrick, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Nebraska coming into the season without uh, extremely high expectations, but there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of hope. Um, before before we jump into this year's team, though, uh, I always like to start with sort of a look back at last season. Um, obviously the Huskers, they end up, I believe they had 12 wins, uh, sort of an underwhelming season given what fans had hoped for. Um, what are your, what are your final thoughts here on, uh, last season before we jump into this season? Last season was disappointing on a few fronts. Uh, one, if, if there was a chance first off for any team to do well in the big 10, it would have been last year. Cause not only was Nebraska a little green in areas, but a lot of teams were. Uh, as you probably mentioned on the podcast before, and uh, I mean a lot of talented teams, but you know Nebraska could have taken advantage of that, which they didn't. Uh, a lot of good younger talent on that team last year was a very very young team, and you know throughout the season the lineup changes and the lack of experience. The I I would focus on the lack of leadership on the court uh, really hurt the team. And then at the end of the season, I think we had about five or six guys transfer out. So you had a lot of that experience from last year just kind of fizzle away after the season got over. So it was definitely a frustrating end of the season. Agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. Any Anytime you not only miss the, the NCAA tournament, but miss the NIT, it's, it's hard to <laughs> – view it as a, as a positive. And I, I think that's a good point though, as far as, you know, the big 10 being down a little bit, maybe it was a chance for Nebraska sort of to score a few wins, rack up some uh, momentum in the, in the conference slate, I guess, obviously that did not happen, but you did, you did mention as well that there, there was some off season attrition, you know, uh, I should say, you know, exiting the season 
you know, Nebraska, a pretty young team overall last season. Uh, they really were only slated to lose one player, but unfortunately they got hit by the transfer bug. Um, what did you make of the, the departures this year? How significant are they? And is it something that Nebraska can overcome? Excuse me. Uh, the departures, and now that I remember it, there was with Ty Webster, the senior who graduated, there were seven departures from last year's team. A lot of the guys saw pretty good court time that left. Um, we're probably frustrated in that because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the starting five as the team season went on kind of changed a little bit, uh, especially with in regards to the paint. And you had pro- probably in, inconsistencies with that mixed in with, the upcoming season and some of those guys maybe not wanting to play the position that they were expected to play this year and looking elsewhere. I know on a couple occasions that, you know, you did have guys who were pretty obvious. Um, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head. Uh, Ed Morrow Jr. He's at Marquette now. He he was going to be our big guy, uh, pretty reliable in the paint, but he, he really didn't want to play that five position and he wanted to be more of a shooter, so he left. And I think you just you had a lot of guys like that. And moving into the fact that college basketball is <laughs> the off-season transfers is pretty common. It's it just kind of mm-hmm. snowballed from there for the team, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I'd agree. You know, I, I I talked about it, and I'm I'm not trying to be a downer at all. I know uh, our preview posted today. Uh, you know, plug plug plug. Uh, but um, my uh, my preview posted today on BT Powerhouse for Nebraska, and one of the things I talked about is, you know, as I touched on briefly uh, already, is that, you know, they looked like they were going to be bringing a lot back. Uh, you know, obviously Webster was graduating, but other than that, you know, really the whole roster was going to come back and they were going to add a lot of nice pieces around those guys. But, yeah, I mean, you get hit with the Morrow transfer, Jacobson, who – wasn't necessarily expected to be a star, but, you know, suddenly you're losing two guys who played uh, major minutes along with Webster, who was already sort of a, a do-it-all. So um, I, I think the, the departures are substantial. Um, I, I think they're possible, you know, it's possible to overcome them, but it's something where uh, this is going to be a new-look team for sure. And, uh, you know, considering that Nebraska wasn't necessarily – the best team last year, you know, maybe sometimes it's good to get a little change um, if the team didn't necessarily live up to the hype the previous season. But um, I don't think there's much debating that the the lineup's going to look a little bit different, which, you know, is a great segue into what I like to talk about next. You know, we talked about who's, who's leaving, uh, but of course the team is adding a lot of new pieces, whether it be from the recruiting cycle whether it be from transfer additions and really uh, some transfer additions that have already been on the roster uh, for some time. Uh, Can you take a minute or two to just talk about the new additions, how you see them fitting in and who fans should be watching? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'll just, I'll start out with probably the one that's popped early this season. Nebraska's had two um, special scrimmages, first one against Mississippi state second one against Iowa State, both of which they won. And the one, one shining star in terms of transferring in is, I would say, James Palmer Jr. The last game against Iowa State, he had, I think, like 23 points, led the team. Uh, he's a transfer in from Miami, played a ton of uh, minutes while at Miami, 
but while he was there, he was kind of behind a bunch of guys who were very good. I think his freshman or sophomore year, they made it to the Elite Eight. Uh, so, I mean, he has tons of experience. He's a scorer something. Uh, as, as you know well, Nebraska's not historically had a lot of. So he's hopefully going to bring in a lot of points. Um, hopefully Nebraska will be able to spread the ball around because he's there to other guys who probably would not normally have had the scoring op- opportunities. Uh, another guy definitely to look at that we were kind of on pins and needles on whether we were going to see him right away or not was, is Isaac Copeland from Georgetown. He transferred out in February of last year. That would be 2016. And we were waiting up until just a month or so ago to find out whether he was even going to be eligible for the beginning of the season. So luckily the NCAA came through. He's, he's, he's playing. He's going to, he's probably going to start, uh, here next week at our first game next uh, of the season, and he's he's going to be good. He's really good. Uh, trying to think, he he was a five star coming out, so he's guy's the limit for him. Um, those are those are two of the definite transfers I would definitely look out for this upcoming year. Uh, we've got a few more. Um, Nana, who's a four star coming out from last year, really good recruiting class from Nebraska last year, uh, but it sounds like he's he's a little raw still. Heck of an athletic talent, a good score, but he's just he's not quite there. But I would say definitely Isaac and James would be the first two that I would definitely keep an eye out for if you if you're looking for new players for Nebraska to follow. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's there's much getting around the fact that the the two transfers are are going to be the big guys. You know, you mentioned Palmer has hit the ground running, and he's actually been. You know, you mentioned it, but. Uh, he's been with the program a while, so certainly familiar. You know, maybe there isn't as much of a learning curve here early this season. And then Copeland, who he he played a lot for Georgetown. You know, this is uh, – I, I don't necessarily want to get into why guys transferred and ended up at Nebraska, but um, he played a lot at Georgetown. He was not a person who, uh, you know, stunk it up for the Hoyas. Uh, played in 33 games during his last season uh, at Georgetown, averaged 11.1 points, 5.4 rebounds per game, which are nice numbers. And, you know, for a little perspective, uh, the only guys to average more than 10 points last year for Nebraska were Webster and Watson. So that's good news for Nebraska, who needs to improve its scoring this year. Um, Those are the two big guys. I like Thomas Allen a lot, the freshman um, obviously, freshmen are always uh, question marks. Um, the former uh, He's a former North Carolina State commit, though. I, I think he can hit the ground running a lot for the Huskers this year. Um, unfortunately, you know, you, you touched on it briefly, but a lot of the other uh, incoming freshmen probably a little raw, uh, not as confident. They can contribute extensively early on, um, but they are guys who down the line you hope can um, we also, uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but um, Nebraska also adding a transfer from Winthrop, uh, Okiek, I, I believe I'm pronouncing, mm-hmm. pronouncing it correctly. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, do be, yep, yeah, the, uh, the center. Really, really good center. Really good, but still mm-hmm. another one of those guys where he's, the, the word coming out of practices is very good, very positive. Um, it, it's, it's more kind of, okay, what's he going to do in real game time now? So, but he played well, you know, at Winthrop, so. Absolutely. And, you know, if anything, he can provide some, you know, depth up front for the Huskers, which, you know, the the team wasn't exactly dominant up front last season. And, you know, with so many uh, 
departures in the front court. You know, they really needed depth. So that's, that's another piece of good news for, for Nebraska. And obviously the team uh, is hoping these guys can hit the ground running. But so we, we touched on, you know, last year a little bit, we touched on, you know, who's out the door, who's coming in. Um, Let's get into this team in a little more detail. Um, So give me, you know, what should fans be excited about the most as we come into this season? What should they be concerned about the most? Um, just kind of both ends of the spectrum here uh, regarding this year's Husker team. Uh, what, one thing to be excited for, at least this year, uh, for a Husker fan, which, you know, it's been a long time since we could say this, but we've got some pretty good scorers as a whole on this team. Uh, hopefully this year, unlike the last couple, we, <laughs> we eliminate a lot of those scoring droughts that we would go up against, especially in Big Ten play that just killed us because uh, we'd go in – score early on and then there'd be 10 15 minutes where nothing would happen and hopefully we have enough skill players scattered throughout the court this year finally to where we would not have to rely upon one or two guys who let's be honest would go up against some of the better teams especially in the big 10 get shut down plays you know they'd get shut down almost immediately other guys couldn't score couldn't pull it out and it it would hurt us in the long run this year I I definitely see us scoring a lot more Uh, one thing that Nebraska has done well historically that I that I don't see us falling, you know, getting back on too much as defense. Should be a pretty solid defensive team again. Um, hopefully some of these guys, these new guys, do pick up the defense uh, quickly because that's something that a lot of guys can kind of slack off on, um, especially on a new team. But in, in the Big Ten, you've got to play a solid defense, and hopefully Nebraska can keep up with that. Uh, the biggest thing I would worry about, and this is more of an abstract, but I've seen it historically with Nebraska teams, and that is on-court leadership. We've had some very good players historically. Last year, Ty Weber was good. Uh, wouldn't necessarily say he was a great leader on the court, but he did he did his part and did what needed to be done. Um, but hopefully Glenn Watson, who did step up quite a bit last year, especially for such a young player, will continue that role and kind of take his leadership on the court to the next level because there was a lot of times where we got stuck, we'd get into scoring droughts. Uh, we, we would have a lot of turnovers, get into foul trouble, and there wasn't that constant source um, of, of power that could really bring the team together on the court uh, and ca- kind of pull the guys out of it. It's almost like we stumbled out of it a lot last year. So I, I would say that's still up in the air. Hopefully, if it's, if it's not Watson, it, it's one of the other new guys. Uh, who can definitely step up and, and push this team when it really matters. It's more of a psychological thing than a physical thing, uh, which I, I don't think is brought up very much in, in, a, in a lot of these previews. Um, it, it's, it's something that concerns me, and, and hopefully hopefully Tim Miles and his staff can address uh, before we get going this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing for me, uh, at least coming in, is, as far as optimism, um, I, I would say – you know, just from a 100-foot perspective angle, uh, you know, the bird's-eye view here, um, there's a lot of new pieces. There's a lot of new pieces with potential. You know, this is this is sort of, you know, you go to your, your friend's house as a kid and, you know, he has a brand-new toy box. You haven't seen any of these toys before. You don't know what they can do. They might be good. They might be bad. We, we really just don't know. Um, you know, some of them certainly look better than others. You know, we talked about Copeland. Uh, we talked about Palmer, you know, maybe Allen as guys who can contribute early. Um, but I, I think the unknown 
is kind of an optimistic point for Nebraska this year, which uh, is odd to say, um, and it's just a little weird. <laughs> but I, I do, I do think you know. I uh, in my preview, I, I sort of had joked about you know. There's a famous Abraham Lincoln quote that's about um, you know it's better to be thought of as stupid than open your mouth and you know people know you're stupid. Uh, with Nebraska's team, you know it's better to be thought of as bad than people to know you're bad. And, you know, last year's team wasn't good. Uh, but, you know, maybe this year's team won't be good either. But we don't know yet. There's a lot of new pieces. And we'll, we'll see what they, they can do. And maybe that sounds like a backhanded compliment. It's not meant as one. Um, I, I genuinely I now think officially there's know potential what here. I, I, now officially oh. knows, I now officially know what it's like to be a Rutgers fan. <laughs> I, I get that no all the offense time. to Rutgers I fans. I have no problem with them, but but I mean that's. But here's the thing: you're not you're not wrong. Uh, there's there's only so much to look at history wise for Nebraska basketball uh, in terms of leading mm-hmm. up to the season. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of optimism, but there's always hope and optimism for all these teams coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Miles had a, probably his best recruiting class he's ever had last year at Nebraska. But, again, they're young. And I don't know if you want to bring this up or not, but there's a couple other things out there in regards to Nebraska ball that needs to be addressed. And one is that Miles is coming into his sixth year. And the previous three mm-hmm. have been losing seasons. He hasn't had an extension within his contract for a while. I think he's got one or two more years on it, which is not good for recruiting. Uh the guy who was probably in his court the most, uh, Sean Eichhorst, who did not hire him, he was hired by Tom Osborne, um, is gone now. Uh, we have Bill Moose from Washington State, and he really hasn't commented whatsoever uh, since he's been to Nebraska, I think two weeks now, um, in regards to the basketball program. So mm-hmm. I don't know what that psychologically does to the coaching staff. Uh, I don't know what that does to the players, per se. Uh you know, the last couple of years, basically, Nebraska basketball runs off grit. So, hopefully they have enough of that to kind of push through. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those – I mean, if, it, it, it's, it's one of those unique seasons. Uh, he's got – Miles on paper has a lot of talent. He's got a lot of skill, more skill than he's probably had his entire time here. But will he mm-hmm. have enough time to do anything with it? You know, will he be around mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. you know, this, it, 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 it's really kind of the big uh, elephant in the room that a lot of the media haven't really touched upon deeply going into the season. Of course, you don't want to because you don't want to push people away, but, you know, it's, that could take a toll. And, and our non-conference isn't exactly a walk in the park, you know. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. St. John's. We've got UCF, Central Florida, and I don't mean to bring this up just because this is Nebraska, but UCF's got a good team. <laughs> You see, uh, Central mm-hmm. Florida's got a good basketball team, and they they will compete well in the AAC. Um, we've got Creighton, which for some reason McDermott has Miles' number. I think Miles is like one in thirteen against the guy all time. Um, you know, we, we've we've got you know West Virginia. We've got we've got a tough tough place. So it's not like we're coming in and pulling Northwestern, and you know we're ten and zero, ten and one, and we've played, you know three NAIA schools, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 this season's going to come fast and it's going to smack them in the face quickly. 
And we're going to know, <laughs> I think, we're going to know pretty quick whether this team's going to last this season or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something I, I, I was hoping to touch on um, at some point. Um, I, I would I would just throw in, uh, as far as optimism concerned stuff, um, I, I was just going to really flip that, that my comment earlier about the unknowns. Um, you know, that that's obviously the biggest concern as well. Uh, sort of the the double-edged sword here you know you all of these pieces could be pretty rough too I mean uh, there isn't necessarily a perfect track history with freshmen and transfers Um, so that that kind of speaks for itself but I I certainly think there's reasons to be optimistic about that group um, but there's concerns uh, as well but but yeah I I think you touched on a a couple good points there as far as uh, you know, Nebraska, where, where the team's sitting, uh, the schedule. Um, I, I will save a, a little the the mile stuff uh, for a second, but I did want to touch on the schedule briefly. Uh, you brought up the non-con, which uh, is absolutely brutal, uh, to put it lightly. <laughs> um, you know, they're at St. John's, uh, UCF in Orlando, potential matchup with West Virginia in Orlando, um, uh, and then they have – uh, their big non-con game at home, which is Kansas, uh, <laughs> who's ranked in the top five, I believe, in the preseason, um, and at Creighton. So, I mean, uh, very, very difficult. Um, I know you, you touched on the non-con briefly. Any, any thoughts here uh, other than what you had already mentioned regarding the non-con? No, just a, this is a team, and I'm sure that the coaches are pushing it. This is a team, they're going to have to be prepared starting next week. And it's not going to let up. Once the Big Ten schedule starts, it's, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I won't belabor the Big Ten schedule. Everyone knows generally what to expect. But I did want to touch on this because, you know, for people who haven't been paying attention, Big Ten play actually starts in early December this year. Um, all the teams are playing two league games the first week of December and then going back to non-con. This is uh, another one of Jim Delaney's great presence to the conference um, so that he can get more money for his bonus. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so there's like a seven or eight game stretch here, which is uh, November 23rd, so uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, Nebraska gets UCF on a neutral court. Um, then they're either going to get uh, Marist or West Virginia, who is a, another potential or I shouldn't say another, but a potential Final Four team there. They're going to get a third game in Orlando. We don't know who that's going to be against. Then Nebraska returns home to face Boston College in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That that looks winnable. Boston College doesn't project to be a great team this year. And then Nebraska follows that up with a road game at Michigan State, Minnesota at home, a road game at Creighton, and Kansas um, <laughs> to close that off. I mean, that that slate right there is akin to what a team would go through to make the final four. Uh, it's the it's baton, just it's, brutal. It's, it's the baton death march in a way. Absolutely. So I will say historically <laughs> the last few years, Nebraska's fared well against Michigan state. Don't ask me how, but mm-hmm. they've fared well. Story. You want to talk about optimism. <laughs> I'm trying to go the optimistic route here. We fared well against <laughs> Michigan state for most of the time, but yeah, no Minnesota, Minnesota's bringing back pretty much everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, another part, another yeah. preseason. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about here Kansas, Michigan State and West Virginia are all teams that could easily make the final four. 
And then you oh, add yeah. in Minnesota, who is probably an NCAA tournament team. A lot of people have them as a top 25 team. And then you have, yeah. after those games, at Creighton and UCF, who you, you already talked about briefly before. I mean, that's, uh, what, six, maybe seven tournament games right there? Uh, or a game against much. tournament teams? Yeah, I mean, just just brutal. Uh, so I, I would caution Nebraska fans, at least, if you get to mid-December and things look rough, um, at least remember, the, the schedule is going to play a big part in that. It's very difficult. Um, so I, I agree. Uh, but moving, moving past the schedule, we talked, touched on that briefly. We touched on things to be excited for, things to be concerned about. Um, let's talk about the lineup uh, for a minute or two here. Um, I, I know, uh, you know we've seen some secret scrimmage scenarios here, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on the lineup? Who do you think is going to start? And uh, what positions should fans be watching uh, as we enter this season? As of right now, uh, a lot of the guys we've mentioned, uh, Isaac Copeland, James Palmer Jr. will probably be starting forward. Uh, Jordy's going to be our center, uh, at least for the time being. Glenn Watson Jr., Jr. Uh, our second leading scorer from last year, who is kind of, if you remember, kind of he, he can kind of do everything. He, he does well scoring. He does well defense. He, he, he's going to be leading the guys down. And then most likely Taylor Evans probably going to be the other guard out there, at least to start. Uh, he's a senior, a uh, lot of minutes, not, not a great score, decent rebounder. But um, I think right now, just for continuity's sake, he will probably be the fifth guy out there um, at this moment. Uh, could that change up? Yeah. Tim Miles teams, uh, you'll see guys coming in and out. Um, one guy you could probably guess, Anton Gill, you'll probably see a lot of. He's a former Louisville guy we pulled in a couple years ago. Uh, he'll come in at guard quite a bit. Uh, I, I hope to see improvement from him. Uh, he underperformed a little bit for me last year, but I, I think he should see improvement. Um, Jack McVeigh, uh, it seems like he's been there forever. He's an Aussie. Uh, for some reason, he starts and he does terrible, but he comes off the bench and pulls off 17 points. So Jack may not start a whole lot, but you'll definitely be seeing Jack out on the court. But like I said, historically, he's one of those guys, and he he, he kind of suffers not as bad as Ty Webster. Um, he's really good at the international game, but I think he's kind of had a slow process, not as slow of a process as, to me, Ty Webster had of transitioning to the American game. And by what I mean to that is that if you look, for the for folks out there who don't follow that closely – and I could butcher this, so Tom, please jump in and correct me. But with the international game, it's a little bit more structured, a little bit more slower in a way, more team-oriented, more uh, play-oriented, mm-hmm. where the American version's a lot more in-your-face, one-on-one, <laughs> drive that sucker down and score and just give – you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. a change. So you can take an a, a international stud who played on the Olympic team and you could throw him – in the American game with guys with half the talent and totally get his ass kicked. Pardon my French, mm-hmm. you know, and Jack, I think <laughs> struggles, you know, and, and it, it's a mental adjustment, you know, I feel for a lot of these guys. And I think that's where kind of Jack has historically suffered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a very similar lineup. Uh, I think Watson is very obviously going to start at, at the one um, I think Palmer will be in the lineup. I think Copeland will be in the lineup. And I think Jordy uh, is pretty close to a lock to start at center. 
I, I will admit, I had a lot of trouble figuring out who was going to be the fifth starter, um, just because <laughs> I, I think there are a bunch of guys at sort of a similar level, if that makes sense. Um, I, I could see them sort of playing Palmer a little bit in the backcourt. I could see them playing him a lot more on the wing. Um, I, I think there's a lot of potential lineups there, so um, part part of my way to I, li- to I literally went out with of, Evan because he did it against Mississippi State. <laughs> yep, he started yep, for, fair against enough. Them. That, yeah. That's li- that's and that's all I ha- and that's all I have to go off of because he the guy's got potential, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a I lot mean, of other guys in I the think team. You're gonna, a lot of guys. Yeah, I, I think the two through four. Uh, positions. There's just a lot of bodies, uh, a lot of guys, and and a lot of you know, as I keep saying uh, in this podcast, a lot of unknowns. So a lot, any of those guys could take off at just about any point. Um, some of them could level off. You know, we'll we'll have to see. But I certainly don't think who starts the first game is going to start at the end of the season uh, for that fifth spot. I think there will be a lot of rotating, and certainly at least in minutes, I, I think you'll see a few guys who get starter-ish minutes uh, in, in that position. But it, it should be a, a nice lineup. Um, I, I will say I, I like the backcourt. Um, I certainly think a guy like Allen is someone who can progress a lot. I'm pretty high on him. Um, the front court does concern me a tad, but, you know, we'll have to see how Okiek does. Uh, if, if he can play well uh, from, from the drop, I, I think that front court looks a lot more intriguing. Uh, but but with that, um, let's jump into the, the part that is always the most fun. Um, let's, let's talk about our season predictions. You know, what do you expect out of Nebraska this year? Um, how do they do in the Big Ten? Uh, do they make the postseason if they do? Where do they end up? Um, and then, you know, we touched briefly on Miles, but sort of what, how do you see that playing into his uh, situation in Lincoln? Right now, I mean, again, it's all based on hope. I see Nebraska, right now pretty much everybody's picking Nebraska either last or dead last in between us and Rutgers, who has a new coach, right? If I remember right. Um, so, uh, two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, this two is years ago, that's year. right. Two years ago. Second year. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, oh, no problem. <laughs> and you've got a Big Ten that is was very young last year, but is now very experienced with the exception of, I think, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin was the old men last year, correct? Um, mm-hmm. But they are still got a good team, of course. Um, it, it's going to be another top-heavy league with a lot of middle teams that are going to be vying for, for spots. Um, not a whole lot of down teams this year. It's going to be tough. Worst end, I see Nebraska being where they're at right now in a lot of people's eyes. Um but I also kind of view it from the standpoint of what Nebraska probably has to be for this team to make it into the next year. And that is with the coaching staff intact. Um, at its best, I would say Nebraska is probably middle of the league, big 10. And I would say they kind of, in my mind would have either have to really overperform on the court on some losses or they would have to get at least middle upper ranking NIT tournament at the end of the year. Mm. And I say that just because they, I've got a feeling with miles and the way things are going, they almost have to have that type of performance to have the administration, uh, give them the vote of confidence moving forward. But I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. You know, worst case scenario, 
they might squeak out a winning record. Uh, but I think, you know, they've, they've, they've got to go above and beyond. They really got to go above and beyond what people are predicting them to be. Um, if this is another season like last year, uh, Nebraska can be looking for a new coach. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to agree. I, I think Nebraska, I have them actually as my last place team um, coming into this season. And, and really it's, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to keep saying this, but there's just a, a lot of unknowns. And, you know, that's good uh, in one hand, uh, but also a huge red flag uh, when trying to project things here for the Huskers. I, I tend to agree with you as far as, you know, what Miles needs to do to sort of stay on the good side of the uh, the hot seat. Um, I, I think they either got to make the NIT or at least make a, a major push for it at the end of the season and, and knock off a couple upsets or – there, ha- there has to be some ha- upward momentum. They, they, they have to. Like, honestly, this is mm-hmm. – this is. I mean, if they don't if, – if he doesn't make it at least the NIT this year, um, I, I could see this coaching staff being gone. And this is not – I mean, and I like Miles. He, he's been a very good representative of this university and this basketball team. But things have not gone his way. And honestly, even that year mm-hmm. that we with that we made the NCAA tournament, uh, that was not a great team. Uh, a lot of those wins that they had were last second, and you look at the statistics coming out of that <laughs> season, they were not. We were still at the bottom of the Big Ten on on, on a lot of those statistics. It was it was not pretty, um, and Baylor proved mm-hmm. that in the tournament. Um, but we just haven't rebounded since then. We didn't build off the momentum mainly because there was only so much momentum to go off of. Uh, the hype going into the next yeah. year was rough, and I think that kind of gave people a lot of false hope, and we've just never recovered. Uh, part of that might very well be just kind of Miles' track record. If you look at Miles' history from when he started being a head coach, he's had the ability to organically build his team everywhere he went. And in Nebraska, I think he felt like he needed to kick it along a little quicker. And I think we got some people in and some transfers that in the long run didn't work out that really burned the team as time went on. And it, it really, I think, hurt Miles' dynamic and flow uh, for how he wanted things to, to, to basically run. Um, that's a pretty mm-hmm. broad statement. But uh, we're kind of at that. We're kind of at that point with Nebraska ball right now. You know, it's it's. I I am not gonna lie. I think you've been very very nice and optimistic for our team this year, which is good for preseason. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it, 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 it's really do or die right now for this for this team, and mm-hmm. whether people want to admit it or not. But uh, the long term, uh, Big Ten Big Ten, uh, a good basketball conference, and Nebraska has invested way too much in resources and they've got a fan base that care. I mean, we've had three straight losing seasons and up until last year have been selling out Pinnacle Bank Arena. Oh yeah. Uh, you you can I... make you can make all the jokes you want to about that. <laughs> but I mean most major games you go to Pinnacle Bank and it's it's if it's not full it's it's close. Uh, people want Nebraska ball to to succeed. And they have the money, and they have the resources, and they have the support. Uh, it's, you know, it's it, 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 mm-hmm. it's a lot hotter than I think people realize. You know, especially for a school that does not historically have basketball tradition. 
Yeah, I'm, I I will just note, as far as the home crowd thing goes, I, I talk about it all the time. I mean, it's amazing uh, the force that Nebraska fans come out in for basketball in what has, um, you know, 90% of the time over the last decade or two has not been pretty. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think that speaks volumes for where the program can go long term. I mean, um, you know, if you take last year's season finale, you know, they're hosting Michigan. Um, a team that's probably going to the tournament, and Nebraska most likely is going to make the NIT at best at that point, and the place is sold out loud and uh, involved. So, I mean, I, I think that, that tells a lot about where the, the program could be long-term. But as far as this season goes, though, I mean, it's it's just I think the schedule certainly does Nebraska no favors. And, you know, to put into context part of why I'm I'm a little bit skeptical here is just – there's so many games that are going to be so challenging. And, you know, if, if you're a believer in Ken Palm, not everyone is. I know the preseason ratings are always flawed. Um, but Nebraska is currently an underdog in 16 of 18 Big Ten games. And, you know, that may change. You know, who knows? Maybe Wisconsin falls off a bunch. Um, you know, maybe Illinois is, is worse than expected, et cetera. Um, but that, that's a big uphill climb. Um, you know, you're asking for a lot, I, I think, when you're asking to win a lot of those games. So I have Nebraska towards the bottom, but, you know, if some of these guys hit, if Copeland can come in and be a star, if Palmer can be a star early on, you know, maybe uh, Nebraska can overachieve. But uh, otherwise, I, I think it could be a, a bit of a rough season, and uh, Nebraska may have a, a coaching search on their hands. But um, but with that, uh, Patrick, uh Two last questions for you. First off, uh, anything you want to add as far as Nebraska goes, Big Ten hoops, um, anything along there? And, and second, where can people check out your stuff? Um, in terms of Nebraska basketball, it's, it's again, it's going to be an interesting season this year. This year is going to be the year to watch the Big Ten. I'm I'm honestly probably about as excited for Big Ten basketball as I've been in a long time. Uh, there's a lot of great players. Um, there's going to be a lot of great games. Uh, conference and non-conference, it's it's going to be a fun year, even if your team underperforms or, you know, just doesn't turn out as good as it is. Uh, no, this is going to be a good basketball season. Very good, very intriguing. Big Ten should have plenty of of good teams going forward. Uh, sorry, what was the second one? Sorry. <laughs> uh, where, where can people check out your stuff? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, check out my stuff. Uh, go to uh, coronation.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is just Patrick. Gerhardt, um, just at Patrick Gerhardt. Uh, you can find all my stuff on there too. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me on. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Patrick. Have a good one. You too. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Um, as a reminder, everyone, that was uh, Patrick Gerhardt. He writes for Corn Nation. It's SB Nation's Nebraska site. They do a great job um, with Nebraska football, with Nebraska basketball um and volleyball you know all across the board with with nebraska and um you know i I will certainly put out to the to the entire staff over there at nebraska um they lost one of their uh their main guys over there recently really nice guy he had helped out the the site um in the past so i was i was really disappointed to uh to see that happen so i i did want to just touch on that for a second um uh, his name's Brian, uh, great guy. Um, I know his family was asking for some support. So um, if you go to at Brian R. Tolley, T-O-W-L-E, um, 
you can you can check into that. But uh, Coronation, great site. Strongly recommend everyone uh, check them out. And um, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Check out the site. Our preview stuff continues to go up. And otherwise, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys.